Welcome, baseball fans. It is time once again for the Running the Bases podcast. I am Tucker Wells, joined as always by Coach Jordan Bounds. Coach, how are you? Good, sir. A couple of weeks from Pitchers and Catchers Report. Not even a couple of weeks. Oh, could not be more excited at this point. It's been uh, a heck of a weekend. Uh, right out of the box, I want to give a big shout out to the documentary film Heading Home, The Tale of Israel Baseball. Uh, the filmmakers Jeremy Newberg, Seth Kramer, and Daniel Miller. Uh, this is a great documentary about uh, the rise of baseball in the country of Israel and the phenomenal underdog success of the Israel national team in the World Baseball Classic. We were lucky enough to be involved in this project, and it premiered this past weekend at the Atlanta Jewish Film Festival. Three sold-out shows. Um, it was great to be included. The uh, Atlanta Jewish Film Festival did a great job with all three screenings. Great crowds at every show. All were sold out. Much love to uh, Margo and Peter Sugarman of the Israel Association of Baseball. Thanks to Josh Zide and the anti-hero of baseball himself, Cody Decker, for coming and supporting the show, the shows, the screenings. Um, the list goes on and on, but any fan of baseball and or documentary storytelling should look for this film in the coming weeks and months at Jewish film festivals across the country, uh, followed by a theatrical release as well. Uh, you can follow the documentary on Twitter at Heading Home Doc, uh, as well as uh, follow Team Israel at IL Baseball. Coach, how did you enjoy the screenings uh, on Saturday, the screening on Saturday of this film? Yeah, actually, more than I thought I would. Yeah, the uh, and it the my biggest takeaway is I have never been to Israel and would like to go. I felt the same way. The, it, it, for those unfamiliar with it, and again, you can find out all about the film at Heading Home Doc on Twitter. Um, Jewish American baseball players take a birthright trip to uh, to Israel right before the uh, 2017 World Baseball Classic. Huge shout out to Jonathan Mayo, MLB.com's own Jonathan Mayo, uh, for really being the uh, uh, the catalyst for this film, for this story. Um, what did you think of the reaction of the kids in Israel seeing all these big big league ball players? Uh, I was surprised they knew as much about Major League Baseball as they did. Yeah, that they were fans as much as they were. Yeah, or are. Well, it's a great story, uh, and uh, again, we were running the bases, delighted to be involved uh, with the Brooklyn qualifier portion of the film uh, and just supporting the film throughout its festival and theatrical run, and then hopefully on Netflix or ESPN.com or something like that. So there you go. And, uh, you know, from a great success story, uh, going first to third today, we're going to talk about uh, failure <laughs> within Major League Baseball, this controversial race to the bottom uh, you know, spring training is right around the corner. Pitchers and catchers report at the end of this week. Uh, and yet, how many free agents are still, big free agents are yet to be signed at this moment? Uh, most of them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there have been very few signings. There, Major League Baseball is complaining. There's talk of collusion. There's uh, Everybody's got their feathers ruffled. Yeah, well, okay. So First time in years we've really had kind of a labor issue. Yeah, some serious animosity going on. Well, let's start with the big question. Uh, do you think this is collusion amongst major league teams and GMs? The fact that J.D. Martinez, the best offer he's gotten is five years, $125 million. And of course, to the lay person, that's like, how dare you complain? 
Um, you know, Jake Arrieta still not signed. You Darvish just signed. Kind of amazed that he got six years. Um, do you think this is actual collusion? No, not at all. I, I now I do. I think baseball is beyond that. No, I um, mean, or you know, I, certainly that's always a possibility, but I, I don't think it is at all. I think, and I think a lot of this, uh, the Major League Players Association is to blame. Uh, the last collective bargaining agreement has a lot to do with the situation they're in right now. There are a lot more incentives for teams to uh, have a have payrolls under the luxury tax threshold, and hence you have teams like the Dodgers and the Yankees not paying any more than uh, I mean, are, and are very conscious of this. Uh, I think it is also. It, as long as you have a luxury tax threshold or whatever, you've got to have a bottom. If, right. Uh, if there is no bottom plug, you can have teams uh, bottom out. I don't want to say they're tanking, but uh, get their salaries down to nothing. Uh, it is nice to have top draft picks at that time if you're not going to win. Um, the the base, baseball now, you're local and national media contracts, uh, the MLB streaming properties, uh, all of these have made the need to sell tickets somewhat secondary. They're not, it's not as necessary to fill the stands anymore. Uh, and you look at the last two World Series teams did this. I mean, the Astros and the Cubs did essentially tank, if that's what you want to call it. Yeah, yeah, one more unapologetically than the other, you could say. You know, the Cubs were trying to clear the books of a lot of just really bad free agent contracts. Astros didn't have as much of that. Uh, but the Astros got rid of everybody. We benefited by a lot. Of, I mean, the Braves benefited by that. I mean, they were just giving people away. They were just trying to put, you know, they were trying to build a farm system. They, Michael Bourne? Yeah. <laughs> at all? Right. Well, okay, so are we looking at Again, in your opinion, are we looking at uh, a potential labor strike? No. Uh, or holdout? Is Are, are we going to see spring training holdouts in a few weeks? No, it'll be interesting. I'm interested to see this free agent spring training they're talking about, have, you know, this uh, one group of free agents all working together. Uh, I think the, the market has changed. Teams are now... Uh, Younger players are prioritized. Uh, free agents are older. Uh, and that's people are in the post steroid, in quote, era. Uh, players are, their production is going down in their late 30s. And this is, this is hardly shocking, but, and that we also have this tremendous influx of young, um, GMs that don't have baseball experience. I mean, you know, they're not former players, uh, but they all have kind of similar attitudes to the selection of teams and the eyes toward them. And uh, so there's a kind of a communal type of thought. If you want to say that's collusion, then that is, but that's, uh, it's more of the same thinking process. And they are following the, the Cubs and the um, 
the Astros and uh, the models that they've taken. I still don't think it's that bad. I mean, as much as we've been immersed with this, what would be, you know, what's worse? At least there's a plan. Uh, You look at the athletics for two decades were just the Yankees farm team. Yeah. Uh, The, uh, for a decade after a very successful decade, nobody knew the pirates existed uh, (laughs) in Pittsburgh. Uh, I mean, at least there's a plan on, on most of these teams. Agreed. Well, and, and to, to your point, I mean, they th- this seems like a market correction to me a good bit. Oh, I, I, I totally agree. I think, uh, and I also think that this year's free agents aren't that great. Right. Uh, I mean, I know Scott Morris says they all are, you know, uh, but uh, Arietta's what, 32. Okay, uh, and he wants six years. Uh, what is? Uh, how old is J.D. Martinez? Ooh, I'd have to look it up, but I'm pretty sure late twenties, right? Early thirties. Oh, yeah, I think he's early thirties too. I mean, in these people that want, I, I, you said you were surprised Darvish got the contract he did. Uh, Especially, I am, consi- too, I am too a little bit. I mean, uh, you know, he's had Tommy John surgery, and he is, you know, uh, thirty one, I think, and he's had he's had a lot of innings on his arm. So is uh, Arietta. Next year's crop of free agents. Uh, I mean, they're teams that, you know, the Dodgers and the Yankees. They're not paying now. You. I bet you you'll see them bidding on a couple of people next year. Uh, and the the other, I mean, like one of the teams that you expected to do something is the Rangers, who now seem to be like all preparing for uh, Kershaw to make his jump, you know, to go back home. Uh, oh, that's interesting. Uh, well, there's been a lot of talk about that. Uh, really? Yes. Um, and I mean, Kershaw can opt out next year. And he still does all sorts of philanthropic stuff in his hometown. And, so, I don't know. you know, we'll see. Interesting uh, to think, you know, and you see this across sports, the sports where it used to matter the most. I mean, I guess football has always had the parody thing kind of in its favor. But, you know, with the NBA, it used to be free agents were New York, L.A., Boston, Miami, you know. Uh, but you can you can survive. You can thrive in you know, the uh, Washington, D.C. market. You can thrive in Dallas. Uh, you know, the, the fact that just, I, I don't know. I think the thought that the biggest pitching star in baseball, if not the biggest star in baseball, leaving the L.A. market. You well, know, he hasn't yet. But, yeah. I mean, the Rangers are certainly hoping the that they have the hometown advantage to bring him away. Uh, by right. the way, you're mentioning the Nationals. I would bet that that's where Arietta is going to. Uh, end up because that's where all Boris agents end up. You know, he right. practically he has uh, over half the payroll of their team. Yeah, <laughs> he's like a partial owner at this right. point. Right. Well, I mean, you know, it's funny Scott Boris. He's he's the loudest voice claiming collusion and complaining, and yet it's your fault, man. You've been overcharging for your for your clients for years, and it, yeah, again. Thinking of market correction and how many bad, huge contracts have been handed out in the last five years, you know, it's hard to it's hard to suggest in 2018 that owners and GMs could actually collude like a planned collusion. You're looking right now, uh, talking as a Braves fan, uh, there isn't I mean, maybe one of the guys from Kansas City uh but I can't see of too many free agents I would want to be on the Braves for what it would cost them at this point. Right. Uh, particularly if it was going to cost them a draft pick. 
you know, or something. When you're talking about wanting to put one of these guys under five to six years of control, sure, I would like to have Martinez. We need somebody to hit home runs this year. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the right now, Tyler Flowers being our number two power hitter. Uh, well, it'll the, be Acuna, right? Well, we were hoping. We hope, yeah. Uh, I, I can't see... You don't want it that for even for us, which you know, we 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 firmly believe at this point that no one can claim small market woes, you right, know, right. And, and certainly Atlanta can't do that. No, no, you know, we got this new ballpark about a mile from here. If that, that you know, <laughs> it's like the. <laughs> They they can't you know especially with how much money and revenue they generate from the the battery Atlanta, but even with all that, JD Martinez is a, seems like a really bad sign. Oh well, he, he does. I mean, we've seen too many. I mean, look at the team he came from. Right. You know, look at what they're burdened with. I mean, uh, they arguably have the best hitter of the last twenty five years on their team, uh, or at least the best hitter since Tony Gwynn. Uh, yeah, and uh, how many more years do they are they paying him? Oh, and, Goldie? No, no, Cabrera. Oh, well, remember JD was on the uh, the D backs, but yeah, but he came from the Tigers. Came from the Tigers, right? I I, I follow the uh, the process now. Okay. Um, I think he I think maybe he signed through twenty twenty three or something <laughs> so, like that. I mean, you know, and no, would no, the no, Tigers was, like to get out of this contract? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's I think it's. I think he's got yeah till 2022 23 and he's going to be making 32 million dollars a uh, year shortly (laughs) (laughs) he's in his late 30s i love miggy i know i know it's it's i'm saying he's one of the greatest hitters ever yeah Uh, but you know those kind of contracts are the i mean the cba does not allow for that kind of contract sure these teams could afford it they're making all kinds they're making hand money hands over fist uh could they afford giving people 32 million dollars forever and ever sure they could the way you know the the revenue that's coming in now but they have a collective bargaining agreement that makes it very costly for them to have these contracts on their payroll anymore right and uh, let's talk about the current cba um what looking back now revisionist history how is it that the the players association allowed this CBA to go through with as much as they really seem to have gotten just screwed. Well, that may again be somewhat of a, a uh, correction as well. I mean, they they were able to hold on to arbitration, which was something that the owners wanted for their side to begin with, but that's been a tremendous headache to them. And again, these players are making a lot of money. Right. Uh, and all players are players that are, you know, the 25th man on the team is making a fortune. Uh, the the 30th man on the team. Uh, you can't object to that too much. You know, that you can't, you know, bite the golden goose who laid or the goose that laid the golden <laughs> egg or whatever. Don't, don't kill the goose that laid the golden yeah, egg. Don't that, bite the hand that feeds you. Yeah, and all of those sort of things. Yep, it ain't mm-hmm. over till it's over. Yeah, yeah. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you know, what? what is the solution then for, for, the, for the tanking epidemic? I mean, what the Marlins are... It, it, are let me let me ask you this, because the Marlins have had the most infamous offseason. I mean, they're the most infamous 
neck them and the the A's uh as far as fire sales and you know uh this race to the bottom and never really paying their players and and, and all that what the Marlins have done this offseason with the new ownership I mean can we really say that that's collusion type mentality oh, no. or they're just a terribly run franchise and have been for forever Glavin said the other day that if his group had bought it they would have done the same thing uh I right. mean, that it is the nature of things in today's game that w- they've assembled all of this the squad they're paying this amount of money but uh they realize they're not going to win with it now so much so much of the marlins you got to think of what uh the tragic death of fernandez has a lot to do with the fate of that franchise sure but i am they have won a couple of times doing this you know uh yeah the uh i i don't I don't fault any i mean what they have had fire sales before and it's a matter of whether you're doing it well i mean uh <laughs> you know it, there's I think having a fire sale and doing this, whatever you want to say, tanking toward the bottom, it is a strategic move that uh, may make you a winner sooner. We got to remember that's what happened to the Braves. People, you know, people are looking at like this was a new thing that the Cubs came up with, but in the uh, late. 80s and early 90s, uh, this is what Bobby Cox was doing. We're trading Doyle Alexander for some uh, unknown double A right hander, you know, who can't win. Uh, <laughs> the uh, well, how did that turn out? You know, uh, I mean, and that's what the Braves were doing then, and it, it, it paid off for a good long time. And so I don't really have trouble with the team with teams doing this. It's a matter of whether they do it well, uh, and whether they uh, find the right type of players. Well, and then sustainability after the fact. You know, well, I mean, right. well, well, I mean, you can only sustain for so long. Uh, the I mean, now, in terms of doing it well, how many times have the Royals did the Royals do it before Dayton Moore got there and uh, had sure. it happen right? But I mean, they were. Doing this for years and years, and they're pleading small market and everything, and they are uh, one of the smaller markets. But um, I trying to hold on to the the sustaining of a team. That's what ha- that's why the Braves are in the situation they are now. They tried to sustain when it was not really feasible to sustain at a higher level. Sure, and well, I mean, and then you know we. <laughs> We employed a, a GM who shall remain nameless uh, because he's gonna he's he has disappeared from the face of baseball and let's keep it that way. But you're right, you know, you bring in the wrong guy to try and orchestrate this, you know, uh, tanking, if you will, or whatever how, your preferred terminology. Uh, but to blow it up and start over and do it the right way, you know, it does depend on the person. And I think that you know with. 2018 this is the end result of having the analytics running the show you know there's no doubt that sabermetrics has a whole lot to do with what's going on right now with the players not signing and stuff uh that's where the emphasis on young talent is coming from um and it does control so much of why we have this homogeneous thought uh from gms and front offices that they are all thinking in this kind of communal thought uh, it's because they're all sabermetric darlings. Yeah, they all have a, they all have the same playbook in front of them. 
they didn't have to share it, right? So to speak. Um, but we see, but there's so you know I don't see you know the White Sox fans apparently are just delighted with what they've done, getting rid of Chris Sale and Quintana and all the I mean they've just jettisoned so much unbelievable talent in the last couple of years, just like the Braves did a few years ago. But the White Sox fans are looking at their stable of prospects, if you will, and uh, things look cheery in the future. Now, they just have to look across town to see uh, how the results of this has worked. Uh, sure. But, uh, and you look at the Phillies with Reese Hoskins last year, and they have uh, their future seems to be closer than it uh is further the Brewers have made that change now. Uh, you, the Padres uh, seem to be all in on Hosmer or whatever. Uh, they're looking to take a step forward. It's you know uh, a lot of love for the Padres going around right now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it, then again, there was you know in twenty fourteen and fifteen, and the Padres are one well, of those but... teams that have not done it well in the past. Uh, Correct, but uh, a lot of teams look. You know, there there are teams like the Tigers who are just starting, the Royals who are just starting this uh, this move, um, but I, I don't see that many fan bases like blowing up about it. This is uh, Major League Baseball is upset about this, and they're upset about a lot of things. Uh, the players they don't like the idea of the speed up rules being thrust down their throat. Uh, this talk of uh, limiting mound visits, which is something I, I've harped on for some time. Uh, and the speed up clock is stuff. Be, the fear of having signs stolen now with the technology that exists. Uh, the players feel as though their own capabilities are being pulled out from underneath them by Major League Baseball. Well, that's, I, and I can see that. And we, we, look what we saw in the series. We saw, you know, they changed the ball. They changed the ball. Uh, I mean, and uh, now, I mean, with the three certainties thing, the three pitch, true outcomes. Yeah, the uh, the pitch counts are, are getting so much higher that it's so much easier with the technology to steal signs that uh, you almost have to because players no longer know how to add pitches, but have the pitcher do it. Uh, having both of them call, they're, a lot of that's their own fault. Sure. Well, I want to sound s- like the old man saying, get off my lawn. Yeah, that's fine. But there's a lot of young people who match your old man uh, <laughs> grumpiness. Um, so it's just uh, that that wasn't the right. There, Yeah, you do sound like that guy. <laughs> but there's a lot of people, young and old, who feel the same. I'm, I have that same kind of grumpiness about the fact that the ball is not put in play. I think the three true outcomes is uh, one of the worst uh, trends slash uh, evolutions of baseball right next to, I don't know, <laughs> in-game advertising. <laughs> the, the types of in-game advertising we have to suffer with now. Um, or even, you know, starting World Series games at 8 o'clock. Um, but I want to stay with free agency, the future of free agency. Are we just, are we no longer going to see contracts longer than six years? Will we ever see another 10 year Albert Pujols, Votto, Giancarlo Stanton type contract? If you could sign Mike Trout right now and, but you had to sign him for 10 years, would you? 
I would. I would say, yeah. But I mean, I would sign, you know, to I would sign Kershaw to the same. I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, you know, what's the proper way to break that down. Well, I mean, see, I'm looking at, at Trout as, you know, other than having the thumb injury this last year, he's been healthy. He's still very young. Uh, he's what, 27. Uh, so 10 years, he's 37. I'm, you know, uh, I don't want a 41 year old, uh, Kershaw, uh, that's a good point. Yeah, the, uh, I mean, pitchers. I, I would have a. Hard, I, I'm surprised that pitchers are still getting the contract. But I mean, still, that's the name of the game. Uh, do I think? Uh, answer your question. Will there be another ten year uh, signing? Yeah, somewhere. Uh, it's cyclical, uh, just like everything else. Yeah, but I, isn't it, it? And this is something that I haven't heard referenced in the in those who you know <laughs> write professionally uh full time about baseball and the beat writers and whatnot about if teams are putting team options into these contracts i mean you hear these player right. opt outs all over the place but do the teams start to put that protection in for themselves well they can but then you as a player do you want to sign that contract no uh, i mean so uh the uh, if all of a sudden the team can dump you, I mean the whole idea of baseball right, yeah. is you get guaranteed contracts. You don't have that in the NFL and the NBA. Uh, How you doing the NBA? Well, some, sure. yeah. uh, but the uh, with, I mean, again, Harper has a good year. He's going to sign for ten years next yeah. year, and he'll uh, have his opt out protections yeah, built in. Sure, sure. But I mean, is is it is it uh, is it wise for you know the JD Martinez is <laughs> that came out weird. Is it wise for the 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 next tier of star players? Because I what I agree that like a, a Mike Trout is a super duper once in a generation type talent. It's right, Mickey right. Mantle. So well, you were asking if it would ever happen again. I mean, you right. know, and I'm so saying the yeah, answer is yes. The yes. answer is yes. Um, but will we see it in any tier below? A superstar, which and and remember, Trout's established, right? Right. You know, Harper. You're right. It's going to take another good year to justify a ten year deal. I totally agree. I, uh, but do I think the next tier has been? I, I think the uh, right now giving out these uh, tremendously long contracts. Uh, I don't think we're going to see a Mickey Cabrera contract like that again. Um, and that's because Mike Illich is no longer alive. Right. He's no longer with us. That was the biggest. <laughs> that was the biggest cause of said contract was just that one individual. So this is a year. It's a perfect storm year where we have you know the uh, Yankees and Dodgers being held down, the Cubs and Giants. Well, the Giants have added uh, a bunch, but the uh, the Cubs. And uh, the Red Sox already with uh, very full teams and contracts. Uh, it is difficult. Uh, I mean, the Rangers holding off uh, for another reason. Uh, you know, that coupled with all of the GM similarities, the uh, what's happened to the Astros, it's just a perfect storm. It's, it's hit this year, uh, and that is kind of a market correction. Well, you mentioned the Giants and something that we haven't talked about. You know, they 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 get McCutcheon, part of the great Pirates sell-off 
where where do you view the Pirates? What They're they one did? of the only teams that do things differently. They do, you know, they don't play uh, the same game that Houston is playing and the Cubs are playing and stuff. They're they're not the big sabermetric darlings. They wouldn't have gotten uh, Cueto if that was uh, the case. They wouldn't have paid that kind of contract, and and he's worked out very well for them. You they mean the Giants? You mean the Giants? The Giants. You Who said did, Pirates. Oh, did I? Okay. Yeah, no, no, you're no, talking no, about the Giants. Yes, I am talking about the Giants. Uh, sorry. What they the Giants. Uh, getting Hunter Pence. I mean, the, uh, they've been making decisions like this for some time. They were paying bonds, you know, a quarter of their uh, salary, but they were putting, you know, seats or, you know, uh, they were filling the seats with it. Yeah. So that's the Giants, which is fair, but I'm asking about the Pirates specifically. Oh, the Pirates. As far as what they did, the, the nature in which they have, you know, done the fire sale, you know, how do you. I mean, they were in the playoffs just a few years ago, and then and, their unwillingness to, you know, stay invested in their talent seems the most nefarious. You know, it seems almost more. Uh, do you really think they were going to win, in, particularly in that division with the players they had? We both love McCutcheon, but he's on the downside. Uh, it's. I mean, I know they've gotten rid of their best pitcher and their best player, uh, but. I think they had to. Well, yeah. I mean, it. it the, so you're you're with them. Yeah, yeah. You're 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 I on mean, board with that. You know, and I, I feel bad for their fan base. You know that they're going to have to suffer like this for a while because Pirates were an exciting team to watch there a couple of years ago. I thought I thought 2014, 2015. They had a, they had a legit shot at at least making the World Series. In fact, I even famously <laughs> famously to somebody i guess uh picked them to win it all in 2015 well i mean i just don't in that division particularly which is a very strong division now they had, they had to do something right and they they came along the same time that the cubs came along and the cubs opened up but see the cubs went after lester they went after free agents and they have to get pitchers they don't develop pitchers there isn't a starting pitcher on their team that they develop sure but you know the pirates didn't do that they they signed their own for uh you know mccutcheon to a big contract uh i forget what cole ever got if they even you know went to free agency with him or paid him through arbitration but point being is that They've been selling out ball games for the last five years, and yet they don't actually seem to be putting it back into the team. That seems suspect to me. What that franchise has done. Oh well, I mean, if they're putting it back into their farm system and stuff, that's all right. I, I, but I still think uh, what we started day with. I think the the biggest need uh, right now is a salary bottom. The idea, you know, Tony Clark was talking about how. Uh, this is a betrayal of trust with the fan base. But, I mean, I think you see most of these fan bases that are uh, right now uh, are that are going through this sort of thing, the White Sox and the Braves and the Phillies, and I, I think most of them see the logic behind this, appreciate the fact that there is a plan, uh, and are all on, or on board with this to a certain extent. Are we, you going to go to as many games when you're losing all the time? No. Uh, is this a betrayal of trust? Well, then if you, you were signing a bunch of one-year players uh, for a certain amount of money to fill that bottom slot, uh, which might help you win a few more games, that is, uh, 
that would be beneficial to the fan who's going there would like to see his team win or her team win. Right. Um, certainly the Brewers are 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 playing right, are playing yeah. nice with the Players Association. They're 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 well, they're had it, opening they, the checkbook big time this uh, this off season. And because they see a shot for them now, they really feel as though. Uh, and I don't think they're through. I think they're going to go out and get Lynn or somebody, uh, one of the the get next pitcher. tier pitchers. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that I think that you have a smarter core fan base. You know that that understands what you know. If you're if you're going to have free agents that aren't going to perform at a high level, you're going to be trapped in mediocrity. Um, you know that that blowing it up makes sense, but to everybody else, you know, to somebody who just has rooted for the Pirates their whole lives and remembers when they had big time stars, Bonds and Drayback and the you know the Jim Leland teams, and then just just now, just recent history. Um, I don't think you have to have big free agents sign with you. The Royals recently, you know, have had a a very nice run without really, uh, you know, look at their free agent signings as being the deciding factor right. in that. Uh, I think uh, you look at the Dodgers. I mean, they've made some trades and stuff, but they haven't really been going out signing that many free agents unless they were their own. Right. Uh, they let Grinky go. Uh, right. <laughs> the uh, I. Um, the Red Sox, you know, that whole outfield that came from, you know, hometown stuff. Yeah. Well, and, and, and then to, to, to champion your point that I agree, a salary floor, uh, would make tremendous strides to correct this tanking phenomena. I don't think it's going to make somebody like Jake Arrieta, who's, the team that knows him the best that really had no interest in him, somebody whose uh, fastball velocity is going down uh, considerably last year and who relies on fastball velocity and missing bats, I don't think that's going to make you want to sign him for six years. Uh, <laughs> the uh, You're right. And so, I was just about to sign him for six years. Well, I mean, uh, I think that's minimum what he wants. But, you know, so... There are a lot of things involved. I think it's a perfect storm year. You're right. It is. It it, it is indeed. It, it it all seems to be uh, coming together in 2018, uh, especially considering how good the free agent crop is going to be next year. And it's just, you know, <laughs> there's a there's a large part of me that just says, eh, too bad, so sad. You know, y'all should have been <laughs> waited here. I, I don't know. Um, you and I both loathe to give any credit to the St. Louis Cardinals, but. How is it that they are able to always seem to stay competitive and never blow it up? Well, they've done things well and illegally, and <laughs> uh, and they don't get punished much for it. Uh, <laughs> you know what? And the fan base doesn't even look at it. I mean, who? Where did McGuire play? Okay, you know where? Uh, and where did he? coach uh and uh who was the manager that looked the other way through all of that sort of stuff yet we think of the rangers as being you know or uh the a's or one of these teams as being you know the big culprits of the big villain uh, yeah right uh or the giants or something but uh the cardinals they are the midwestern darlings they have a tremendously supportive fan base that uh they're I don't know what their uh, 
local contracts are uh, are worth, but I'm sure they're worth a grillion dollars, and uh, they have done it well. I mean, you you can't fault them that when they need to get somebody, they get them. I'm never going to be welcomed back at my <laughs> Webster College reunions. Uh, <laughs> but you're right on all points. And, and you know, they do middle-class contracts too. Yeah. I mean, just talking dollars and cents now and away from the fact that they have a deal with the devil. Um, they, they, they do the middle-class contract really well. And I think that you see it's because of how, you know, every player who goes through there knows that they get, they get a, a different level of support. They didn't sign pool holes. Yeah. Yeah. And there you go. And they didn't miss a beat with that. Yeah. They were, you know, they, they just they stay competitive throughout, which is amazing considering that the Yankees even did a did a brief flirtation with tanking. All right. Coming into home. Big news uh, about Tampa Bay Rays seem to have a, a stadium site now. Um, did you follow this? Yes. I, uh, they're going to be in Tampa. They're going to be in <laughs> Tampa. So the gridlock appears to be over. They got to figure out the financing. Um you know, the Marlins got this new stadium, and look what happened. How big a, of a deal is this for, for the Tampa Bay Rays? Is baseball going to oh, be I, successful I now? I, uh, well, from what I understand, first of all, that this makes it so much closer to the populations in Orlando and where there is a, uh, a, a large portion of their fan base comes from to access the stadium. They don't have to go across that long bridge uh, into St. Pete, which pre-game time becomes uh, makes it you have to leave an hour earlier. We've seen this here. Uh, moving to where your fan base is, is or where your fan base exists, is a profitable thing to do. Where they're concentrated. Right. Yeah. Uh, and the uh, so I, I don't. Uh, I think it's a, a very positive move for them. Getting out of that stadium uh, is a positive move to begin with. Now, I do think when they build this new stadium, they ought to have the catwalk. Uh, that was, uh, I mean, it really didn't come into play that much, and it was something unique. I, you know, I do hope they put the catwalk in. Yeah. <laughs> You're pro catwalk. Yeah. Let's keep that tradition alive. Would you still have a tank? A fish tank with uh, rays swimming around it in center field. Nah, why not? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, forecast the success of baseball in Florida now. I mean, the Miami's got the new ownership group. Uh, they hard, have a brand new stadium. Yes, we'll see. Uh, it's because Miami has been such a mercurial population with moving in and out and uh, on top of a retired population, it's a difficult place to call. But I think baseballs can succeed in any large market uh, if it's done well. Uh, it hasn't been done well in Miami, um, and it certainly hasn't been done well in Tampa. Yeah, although Tampa, <laughs> you gotta give them credit for staying got, oh, consistent. They, oh, they. Uh, <laughs> You know the whole Madden group and stuff that was there. They uh, and Cashman, they, yeah. yeah, they they were competitive. Uh, so I I have, um, I respect. Yeah, I have respect for the Tampa Bay Rays that I do not <laughs> I do not share with uh, the Miami Florida Marlins. Whatever. I think they may go back to the Florida Marlins, which would be interesting. The I, I have heard that uh, 
Jeter is now spending like seven days a week in Miami. He and uh, that his home in Tampa now is uh, might as is like a white elephant. You know, he kind of planned to retire there and go down and work in Miami some during. But he's like staying in Miami working seven days a week and is like throwing himself into this. Not that he's the only answer for Miami, but it's a, a positive thing to see some of the stuff they're doing now. You know, it's hard to evaluate trades like this when you're just dumping players like Giancarlo for cash uh, considerations. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's tough to see, to see that. Uh, and to understand, and we've gone through this as well in Atlanta. And again, previous regime, yeah, with the uh, with the Marlins. Although the Marlins man himself is not renewing his season tickets, yeah. that's how disappointed he is. So we'll see what happens. And I don't think that's going to hurt the Marlins that much. No, but you know what? It's kind of gloomy talking about labor dispute and whatever. Still doesn't ruin my enthusiasm, and I'm assuming yours as well, for the coming season. Hope springs eternal. No, it does. It does. Just I, to see, you know, even the, the, the Mets pitchers all showed up a week early to start working out. So it was exciting. Um, all right. Well, thank you as always to everyone uh, who is listening to the Running the Bases podcast. Uh, you can find it on SoundCloud and on iTunes. Uh, all things Running the Bases at our website, runningthebases.com follow us on twitter at running the base and uh on instagram at running the bases i want everybody to 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 find the at running the bases uh twitter feed and tell them to give up their name to us uh but at any rate like us on facebook and a big thank you again to um ironbound films uh, the Atlanta Jewish Film Festival, the Heading Home Doc, Israel Baseball. Shout out to Peter Kurz. Uh, it was a great weekend seeing this film premiere uh, here in our uh, our home city of Atlanta. Just uh, the Terra Cinema and the uh, Sandy Springs Cinema Tap House. Just a great job by all. So with that said, for Coach Jordan Bounds, I am Tucker Wells. This is the Running the Bases podcast coming into home and we're safe. Coach, have yourself a good night, sir. Good night.